the more that I am in my business every day, the more I am really melting into a place where I'm just a voice. I am just a body. I am someone who has accepted this business. I'm the guardian of it. And not a lot of it comes from the thinking and the brain work anymore. A lot of it comes from spiritual and soul guidance. Welcome to Sacred Work, a podcast here to guide you through the inner work that allows you to share your light and do sacred work in the world. I am your host, Taylor Ray, manifestation coach and spiritual business mentor. And here we talk all things manifestation, abundance, impact, stepping into your purpose and creating the reality your soul came here for. It is my true desire to empower you to awaken to who you really are so you can quantum shift your life and business. You're here in Divine Timing Beauty. Let's dive in. Hello, my love, and welcome back to another episode of Sacred Work. I am so excited to bring you this interview. Like, honestly, this is probably one of my favorite interviews I've ever recorded, and it is with my bestie, my soul sister, Ruby Lee. Oh, my gosh. She is such an abundant energy source and is truly just bringing so much beautiful wisdom and channeled guidance to this episode. Ruby and I decided to sit down and do a podcast swap. So Ruby is the host of the Rituals to Seven podcast and we have been friends for a long time now and we have previously been on each other's podcast but since then both of us have gone through some beautiful expansion, transformation and up levels in so many areas of both our lives and our businesses. And so we decided it was time for part two to come back to each other's podcast. And so we sat down and actually recorded back to back interviews and the energy and the divine guidance that flowed through in these interviews is unlike anything else. I always adore my conversations with Ruby. We are constantly messaging, constantly in Voxer, having calls with each other and just Honestly, she has just been such a beautiful holder of space for me through this entrepreneurial journey. And I'm so blessed to have been able to do the same for her. And truly, she is just one of my absolute best friends. And, you know, I'm just so grateful to have her alongside me through the journey of building a business. And like I said, we've both gone through and shifted and expanded so much since we were on each other's podcasts. So we decided to do an interview each. So definitely listen to this amazing interview. I'm so excited for you to hear all of the wisdom that Ruby has to share. And then once you've listened, definitely head over to Ruby's podcast, the Rituals to Seven podcast. I'll definitely link it for you in the show notes below so that you can go and listen to my interview over on her podcast as well. But honestly, I took so much out of this conversation as I always do whenever I have a beautiful interaction with Rubes. It's always infused with just this up-leveled energy of abundance. And it's no surprise, you know, her whole business is rituals in business and that's rituals, R-I-C-H-U-A-L-S. So not the traditional spelling. And that is because honestly, she is just such an embodiment of wealth and abundance. And I know that you are just going to take that energy from this episode today. We speak about so many beautiful things in this. I said to Rubes, I feel like we could speak for a whole day and it still wouldn't be long enough. (laughs) 
(laughs) But in this episode, you can enjoy hearing us speak about the energy and frequency of money, how to receive with ease, you know, integrating spiritual tools like hypnotherapy and tarot and how Ruby does that in running a seven figure business. We speak about her journey of embodying wealth and stepping into a place of being comfortable, sharing that with others and what that has really been like, including a lot of the resistance, a lot of the limiting beliefs, a lot of the stories and the inner work that has to be done along the way to being able to do that and how now doing it is empowering so many other women to step into that wealth and abundance as well. We talk about the redefinition of abundance and the importance of defining your desires so that money can effortlessly flow to you. And Ruby, she's the queen of coin. She's the queen of money and really embodying that calibration of money energy. And I just know that you will feel that so much. And as well, we talk about the power of choosing to do things differently in business and letting flow be the driver that strategy gets to support. And you know that that is something that I am so passionate about when it comes to the work that I get to do with my clients is the blending of the woo with the work, the blending of the spirituality and the strategy. And Ruby is someone that just embodies that so incredibly. So I'm so excited for you to be able to connect with her here on this episode if you aren't already connected with her um, and to be able to just take away so many beautiful shifts that I know have just found you in divine timing here in this interview. So without any further ado, let's dive into the episode. As you are listening, please do screenshot your favorite parts and make sure that you do tag us on your social. I'm at this is Tayray and Ruby is at underscore Ruby Lee underscore. And of course, we'll link all of the good things, all of the ways that you can connect with Ruby as well in the show notes below. Enjoy my loves. Oh my gosh. Oh, this is great. This is great. I'm so excited. But you know, don't you just hate it when all of a sudden Google just signs you out? I'm like, why did you sign me out? When have I ever not wanted to be logged in, Google? Exactly. Anyway, anyway, we are here. I am excited. I'm so excited. I've just jumped right on in and just started recording because I just feel like we were on such a beautiful flow. We just recorded a podcast episode for Ruby's podcast, the Rituals podcast. Oh my gosh, it was so fire. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to that. And then we're jumping straight in and just going back to back for sacred work. So I just, honestly, the flow was so good over there that I was like, okay, straight in, let's record, let's go. We're doing this, we're doing this. (laughs) Honestly, I'm so honored to have you back here. It has been a while since we've spoken on this podcast. I know that you went back and checked what was the last podcast we did on yours. I actually have no idea what number (laughs) yours was on mine. So bad job me on not... (laughs) I actually know, I know the month and the year. Wow. It was December, 2019. Oh my gosh. You're so good at remembering stuff like that. (laughs) Only because it's, it's location dependent. I remember where I was in the world. I was in Sofia, Bulgaria. It was snowing outside. I was speaking to you with a chai in hand. And I was thinking to myself, when I get back to Melbourne, I must meet this human being. It's so crazy that we did our interview before we actually met in person. Yes. And it felt pretty much the same as it feels now. Like we had known ages. I fully agree. And when we actually met in real life, I remember being like, I swear to God, I've known you my whole life. Like it was this instant connection of just like, I just know you like 
souls lifetimes ago. I don't know, just some divine connection that we've been together before. Do you remember that time we could actually go to bars and meet each other? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Wow. It's like, even as you just said that around, you know, oh, it's like location dependent. And I just remember where it was. I'm like, I feel like that's so hard to do now because I've spent the last year and a half in the same place, like not being able to. Were you on your balcony or were you sitting at your dining table? (laughs) (laughs) Really spice it up and sit on the floor in the lounge. I know. Can we tell the the people, because we didn't do it on mine, the first moment we met and what happened? (laughs) I felt like we skipped over that really nicely and never really needed to resurface it. It, It's going to happen on your podcast. (laughs) We will, we will, we will. Look, I'm all about just sharing the shit, so let's go. So the first time me and Rubes ever met, we met at a bar in South Yarra. On Chapel Street, On Chapel Street. Oh, my gosh. And I was so excited. And we've been, like, talking, like, in the DMs. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. Going to go meet my soul sisters. It's going to be great. And so I'm, like, in an Uber, like, I'm coming. No worries. And Ruby's like, yeah, I'm already here. I'm going to order us a Shiraz because we're both red wine gals. And she was like, you even sent me a photo. You're like, the wine is here, ready to go. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. And I pulled up in the Uber at the lights. And it was not, like, the end destination. It was right right in front of where you were, but it wasn't where I was meant to be dropped. And for a good reason, the Uber guy was like, get okay, out you get. And I was like, really? Like, okay. And sort of felt a little bit flustered and just got out and like opened the door. And as I opened the door, this is why it was not meant to be the destination that you were meant to be dropped because it was a bike lane, literally opened the door. And this cyclist like hit <laughs> straight into the door it was the most horrible thing and it was so loud yeah and everyone at the bar was like what the fuck and I was thinking to myself what just happened was there an accident and then I realized it was you me (laughs) yeah making a grand entrance (laughs) holy shit that was so scary and it was it was awful the cyclist was He was fine. He was fine. I'm making it sound like he died. He did not die. He kind of just like ran into the door a little bit and, you know, we were stopped. So it wasn't like, you know, we sort of stopped and opened the door. He sort of knew, but anyway, I felt really sorry for him. The Uber driver, it was just one big awkward thing. And you know, when your heart just kind of like jumps out of your chest and falls out your ass at the same time, like that sort of feeling of just like, oh, all the blood like runs out of your face and you just like feel so awful. Anyway, the car was fine. The cyclist was fine. I was definitely embarrassed. And I was like, this is such a good way to meet this person fine after that glass of Shiraz you yeah. were all good <laughs> the, it was the literally a of worlds wasn't it I was just like ah. actually yeah I was like here I am making a very oh big my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh but anyway I feel like we've dived right in <laughs> but obviously like I said you know even when we were over on your podcast we spoke about the transition in terms of you know what I've gone through such a massive transition I've spoken about it so much here on the pod I feel like for you you've gone through such a massive transition as well because although I didn't do my research in terms of the number episode that we did 
I do know that we spoke a lot about LinkedIn. We spoke about owning your hustle. I'm pretty sure the episode was really rooted in you being, you know, the LinkedIn queen. And there's been just such a transformation for you since then. I just love that we're just doing this on each other's podcast to really honor the expansion and the evolution of what is. And so I would just love for you to tell us a little bit about that journey, like from where you were then to where you are now. Oh my gosh, what a blast from the past, even just thinking where I was at back then at the end of 2019. Mm. So I'll go back a little bit. I started my business full-time in 2018 and I was previously in my corporate job in HR, in recruitment, and LinkedIn was my key social media platform. It's where I hung out all day for work. And when I transitioned into my full-time job as a business coach or quasi-career slash business coach at the time, and I was in this sort of phase where I was coaching side hustlers, which was perfect, right? Someone who was in the corporate world, who was transitioning full-time into business, I had a lot of interest around how I managed my side hustle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of how I grew my business at the time was via LinkedIn, which was very unheard of. It was very new. LinkedIn wasn't really known as an entrepreneurial platform back then. It was very career centric. And I was on there doing daily videos, almost like mini micro vlogs, talking about my day as a side hustler. And as a result, I I gained a lot of interest around people saying, well, I want to do what you do. I want to learn how to use LinkedIn the way you do with soul, with spirit, with charisma. Mm. And so I started to create courses and I started to coach on LinkedIn. And this was pretty much the predominant part of my journey and certainly a big part of the way I earned my income in 2018, 2019. So much so I created a signature course called LinkedIn Brand Boss at the time. Got it trademarked, set up funnels, hired an ads team, did the full thing around like getting myself known as the LinkedIn queen. And, you know, at the end of that 2019 year, I was on your podcast talking about it. Mm-hmm. I was getting booked for speaking gigs, guesting in people's masterminds. And I reckon around the time that I met you, I was already starting to lose my love of LinkedIn for a couple of different reasons. But the main one being I started to feel really boxed in Mm -hmm. and I started to feel soulless teaching this way of earning in business because it wasn't the only way that I was growing my business. It wasn't the only thing that was the life force behind the reason why my brand had grown so quickly. So at this point, I was already earning multiple six figures. I was, you know, making passive sales, which was the big thing, right? Like how do you, how do you make money when you sleep? And how are you traveling the world? Which is what I was doing whilst earning and doing all those things. And I just remember thinking, I am not honoring a huge part of my life and the way that I live my life, the way that I be in life, which was spirituality. And similar to what you were speaking about on the podcast, I did the same thing. I was separating LinkedIn from my spiritual grounding, the way in which that I showed up every single day energetically, the way that I was practicing the law of attraction and manifesting things into my life, because I thought, well, no one who wants to learn LinkedIn from me would be interested in also learning about accessing guides in business. Like, 
you know, that just did not feel like a bridging topic. It felt so far away from each other. And I just knew this transformation was coming, but I was scared shitless to make that leap and to start actually talking about it to my audience. But sooner or later, it just felt so out of alignment for me. So much so I actually physically got quite ill and not just burnout, but I feel like it was really a spiritual smackdown in many ways. And I started to, I got this like crazy fever. I was like shaking in my bed. This is pre-COVID, you guys. So yeah. I was shaking in my bed. I felt so sick. I just felt so weak. I was sleeping for three days straight. Experienced my first migraine that I'd ever had in my entire life. I, I feel very blessed. I'm not a migraine sufferer. And then I came out of that season of those five days of being just bedridden. And I was like, I have to share my soul. I have to be authentic. This is the whole reason why I started my business to be unapologetically who I am. And yet here I am boxing, such a big part of what drove me and what fueled me and what created this life force within me. And I still remember the day that I posted my very first LinkedIn article that was about spirituality and it was named spirituality in business. And it was a picture of me meditating on a hike. I'd hiked up and I was meditating and I talked all about the fact that I had hidden my spiritual side. That article ended up becoming the biggest article that I'd ever posted in terms of views, likes, comments, and shares. Now, those comments weren't all positive. So let me tell you some of the things that I feared happened. Mm. People saying, what a load of bullshit. I thought that, you know, I was following you for some time and I'm unfollowing you now. This is not the way that this is not why I'm here to follow you. Can you take this to Facebook? This doesn't belong here on LinkedIn. But that was the beginning of turning the whole ship around towards more authenticity. So I know that that was quite a long intro, but that was just, that's how it all began and wow. has effectively led me to where I am now living a life in so much flow and in so much abundance and feeling so aligned to the work that I do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I got chills and never, we don't apologize for long intros here. <laughs> Like you and I were just talking about, like, I swear to God, like whatever the, the key number of words someone is tells in an hour, we can triple it. <laughs> There's a lot that we have to say. So honestly, no, I love that. I honestly got chills. Like, as you said that, you know, with it being the most shared, the most, you know, viewed post that you did to me, it's just such a confirmation of the universe just being, even if some of it wasn't positive, it's like, it's the exposure. It's, you know, getting it out there. It's the universe just being like, Hey, you are standing in your truth. This is your message. How did you navigate? I guess. And I really want to move into what you're saying there with the most, you know, how beautiful and you are just the embodiment of abundance. I love it. But before we move there, how did you navigate, you know, with some of the negative comments actually manifesting that were some of the fear to you prior to you doing it, it actually came through. How did that feel? How did you handle it? Oh my God. It used to hit me really hard because I was the president of the People Pleaser Association. So, you know, that was one, a member. Yeah. Are you a member? <laughs> VIP, baby. <laughs> we know each other oh my gosh and receiving even just what now feels just like ah oh, not not even just like a little a little tap on the shoulder what used to feel like a massive punch in the jaw you know like holy crap and 
one thing that I got to realize very quickly is when you're calling in an aligned business, when you're calling in aligned clients, it is not rainbows and unicorns to begin with, because you're essentially also asking the universe to remove people that do not resonate with your message at this point in time. And with that comes people wanting to voice the fact that they are not aligned clients or followers. And this is something that can often feel really hard at the time, but I started to then move into a stage where I realized this is not happening to me. It's happening for me. This is the thing that I've actually called and magnetized into my life. This is the moment where I get to burn away the old and go through the rebirth and come out the other side with now a very aligned, very connected, very intimate audience online, people that I've never met before in person who could be deemed as seemingly strangers. And yet I know certain handles and people's names and what they've gone through and what they've shared with me. I mean, like my DMs now are so deep, like they're so long and like three, four, five scrolls of people sharing how my work and my message helps them so much on the daily. Whereas before when I was on LinkedIn, as I was posting my little micro vlogs, I was getting a ton of engagement, like, yay, Rubes, amazing, love your work, wonderful, but nothing is deep. It was very surface level, vanity metrics, very much about the follower count, about just getting more comments, more comments so I could be more shared, but there was no substance behind it. And I remember once writing in my journal, I desired to have a deeply intimate relationship with my followers, with my clients, that I desire to have a transformation through my message that's unlike any in this world. And this was just letting that fall away. And as part of that, I was learning so much about what resilience meant, what it meant to have a spiritual armor on, of calling on certain energies that help protect you and to put that aura bubble up and also to create light out of the darkness. So that came with a lot of reading, a lot of being around expanders. I worked with a spiritual coach who helped me really set up those boundaries in a really beautiful feminine way. And being around people like you, who literally would be like, who gives a shit? Like, oh my God, (laughs) that doesn't actually matter in the greatest scheme of things. Yeah. Wow. The transformation has been so beautiful. And even as you said that, you know, that you journaled and wrote that out, I remember having a conversation with you and, you know, you'd had, you'd worked with other coaches who had said, you know, don't have relationships with your clients. You do not want to have that sort of connection. I remember you saying, I don't want that Tay. Like I really desire to create these containers. And, you know, at the time there was almost like, can I give myself permission to do that. Like, you know, if other people in the industry aren't doing that, does that mean that I shouldn't? And to see from there, you just being like, you know what, I don't care about the way other people are doing it to where you are now, where, you know, you do, you cultivate such amazing containers. And like you said, the relationships that you have with your audience, and you are so good at showcasing that in the way that you show up online and the way that you communicate that, the way that you serve in terms of the connection that you have with people, the DMs that you are getting, you know, the clients that you're working with. And that really, I think, just comes from you truly honoring that side of you in terms of really wanting to cultivate a space where people get to be seen, they get to be heard, and they get to be expanded. And I think that that is one of the most incredible things that you do is you really 
empower people and you show people what is possible, especially from an abundance perspective. And it's something that I really want to speak to you about today, because I know we've had conversations about this as you transitioned into new levels of abundance and really stepping up in terms of what you're calling in financially into your business what that journey has been like and maybe some of the resistance that came up along the way of like, can I show this? Can I share this? And I know, you know, watching you and seeing the way that you have done that, while it can always feel scary going up and into those new levels, I remember we had a conversation about this and it was like, you know, you need to stand in this fully. And I want you to share it because I just, you know, watching that and seeing how that's empowered others to claim abundance for themselves has been beautiful. But I would love to hear your experience of what that's been like. Thank you for asking this question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me this before. So let's see how it flows out, shall we? Love that. I'm actually going to grab my blue lace agate because I know that this is going to help me just articulate it in a way that it's home. So I knew from a very young age that I would be a wealthy woman. There was no reason to believe this because I came from a middle-class family. And even in that state, my journey and my understanding and my relationship with money growing up was very, very unhealthy. And it was a very toxic understanding of money. In a nutshell, my relationship with money was always that of believing it was bad, it was evil, that bad people would come for me. My father got into a pretty nasty situation with bad people. And our family ended up owing a lot of money to dark forces, let's say. So much so it led me to a place where I had to go into hiding. I was stalked. I was almost kidnapped. And this was all rooted back in owing money, money being at the root of all evil. And so as I started to progress in my relationship with money, as I started to earn more in my career, and then eventually starting a business, I had always thought that money was something that had to be hidden and no one could know about how much I was earning and it felt safe, locked away very tightly and I would never talk about it. So that's the premise of why up to the point where I started to make a significant amount of money in business and I'm talking having six-figure days, six-figure launches, six-figure months. And I remember speaking to Tay about it and feeling so scared shitless because I was called up to sharing more about my money story, more about how I was earning. As a business coach, it's almost a prerequisite to, and you don't have to, but a lot of the, I guess a lot of your own reputation comes from sharing how you're earning in your business, how your income flow is generating in your business. If someone's hiring you as a business coach, there is a level of respect which comes from the money in which you're bringing through in your business, the cash flow, the PL, that's just business. It's entrepreneurship, talking about the numbers. And I said to Tay one day, I think I need to start sharing what I'm earning in my business, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid that it's going to segregate people. I'm afraid that bad people are going to come for me, not in the sense of, you know, being kidnapped or anything like that, but just in the sense of being trolled or just feeling really unsafe in talking about money and, and certainly about financial abundance. And I still remember what you said to me. And it was along the lines of you will empower so many people through your story by not sharing it. You are actually dimming your light. I still remember you said that to me and that really hit home in a big way. And I was seeking a lot of 
other validation from my other close friends and family and everyone was green light, green light, green light, green light. And I was like, I've just got to do it. I've got to do it. So I started sharing so much about the way that I treat money, the way that I respect money, the way that I work with money, the way that I have developed a healthy relationship with financial abundance. And this was sort of the last little key of actually putting it out there and teaching people because I'd practice it so much in my life, moving through my own money demons. And, and then of course, going into the divine masculine of how that money came in, being very transparent about the breakdown of it. Now my Instagram posts are about how my money came in, which courses they came in via, how much money each of my courses have made me, how I'm allocating that money, my philosophy around wealth, my belief around generational wealth building, how I'm teaching my children about money. So a lot of that now feels free and easy to share, but that crossroads moment to share it or not to share it, felt like I was going through yet another spiritual smackdown. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I feel like, you know, it's like so similar to the conversation that you and I had on your podcast. It's like the evolution and the continual spiritual awakenings. It's like, okay, next chapter, next step, like really just embodying that and stepping into it. And you know, honestly, like I said, like I said to you then, like I said to you all the time, like I'm saying to you now, like it is the most empowering thing to see. And you really help people give permission to themselves to be able to be like, you know what, I'm going to claim that as well. And I think it's so needed in that, especially as women that we are stepping up and we're sharing, we're sharing honestly, and we're not being afraid to share the wealth. We're not being afraid to share the story. We're not being afraid to share the truth about the abundance. Because I think a lot of the time, you know, we feel like we need to dim that light and we need to hold ourselves back out of fear of, well, what if this upsets or triggers other people? Or what if people think I'm, you know, just materialistic or I'm full of myself and things like that. But as I said, you know, experiencing you from the outside and being able to see that one of my favorite things about you and the way that you communicate about money is it's different. It's different to other people that I see when they're communicating about money and about wealth, because I think what you've done so beautifully is it's not so much just rooted in the materialism and in the things like, yes, obviously you own beautiful things. You live in an incredible home. You know, you have an amazing car that, you know, you were able to purchase in cash and all of that was just so beautiful to witness, but it doesn't feel like that defines you. And it feels like your work and your relationship with money is rooted in something so much deeper than just the things that it allows us to have. And I would love for you to share with us a little bit more about what that relationship is actually like. Yes, definitely. And I think we all go through seasons of what abundance means. We were talking about this on our podcast as well. So there was a season where abundance meant not having to get up and live a routine life every day because I was no longer working for someone else. And then that changed into abundance, meaning I was able to travel anywhere at any time. Gosh, don't we miss that? And (laughs) hop on a plane and I lived a nomadic lifestyle for 12 months with my family. We traveled all around the world and money was a support system for that dream to be actualized. So much so I remember when I was setting certain money goals, big money goals and calling in these desires for my life, my Pinterest board was filled with different locations all around the world and, you know, just being able to experience 
cultures and language and food and all of that. And I remember thinking to myself, the money that I bring in is going to provide a life experience, one that gets to be with me forever and ever and for generations, passing that down to my children as well. And that season came and went and then COVID happened. And then I redefined abundance again around, well, this is a season I'm in where I'm asked to nest and be at home. And it so came the season of loving being in a beautiful luxury home with nice things. And so the money that came through my business and I called in started to materialize in the sense of beautiful furniture pieces and beautiful homes by the ocean and being able to be in a multi-million dollar house by the beach. And then came a season where I'm like, oh gosh, you know, we want to move up and travel and I want to do it in style. And so the car came. And so with everything, money has been a divine partner and a support to my desires. It's not separate to that. I don't ever treat it in a way where it feels like I'm spending out of lack or I'm, I'm certainly not spending out of not having it yet, but it comes in because I've called in a desire and often, most times, the things that I desire to have, such as, you know, the car or the bag, material things, let's say, the money that flows through for that particular month or that season is to the dollar. Mm. It's to the dollar and not, not even meaning like, oh, I would like to have a car and it's worth X amount that dollar comes through. It's to the dollar and then the overflow of that because I have set an energetic expectations that whatever I desire, I still get to have another amount, another pool that goes into investments, that goes into feeling safe and it's that goes into reinvesting back into the business and then some. And every single time that has being called in. I have rituals around it. It blows my mind. It blows my mind around how the universe listens to the exact order. And it comes through in that way. Wow. It's so good. Are you, you must be a specific manifester in human design. Definitely specific. Same, same, same. And uh, I tried for a while to not be, and (laughs) that did not feel good. And that was because I just didn't understand. And then I found out like, oh my gosh, like, wait a second, it's meant to be really specific. And that's something, you know, for me, And like I've spoken about a lot, the journey has been a lot in terms of redefining abundance and what that actually means. And I think what you articulated so well was really having clarity around what you desire and then allowing the money to flow in to support that. And I really feel like that's so rooted in having such a clear why around the money, which I'm first to put my hand up and say, I did not have that for a really long time. I just wanted the figure. And again, for me, that was tied to validation and worthiness. And so healing around that, but something that you teach so well is, as I said, you know, having the desires and knowing your why. And do you feel like that is something that's so important? I would love for you to sort of share, I guess you, you do so much beautiful work. You have an amazing course called queen of coin. You truly are the queen of coin, um, which I absolutely adore. And, you know, when it comes to the money work that you teach your clients, what are some of the, I guess, fun fundamental principles or what is something that you could share with our audience if they are looking to heal their relationship with money or looking to step into new levels of wealth and abundance? Oh gosh, thank you, babe. I was also very resistant to releasing a money course for many reasons. And the queen of coin kept coming through. The queen of coin was named after a particular type of tarot card. And in in tarot, it's called the queen of pentacles. And I thought, well, I'm going to name it the queen of coin. And this card represents true feminine balance and flow in abundance. So the queen has 
all of her financial desires met, all of her material desires met, all of her love and family and health desires met. And it's all done in temperance and in balance with each other, done in true feminine flow, in true queenly energy. She gets to have it all without sacrificing anything, without feeling like she's a miss or she has to have this and do this. It purely magnetizes towards her. So the course was very rightly named that because I feel I embody that every day. There's certain aspects where when along my journey where I did not embody that, I was like, oh, I can't have a strong family structure and build a successful business. Or I can't look after my health because I'm going a thousand miles an hour in launching like a maniac to make my air quotes money goal. Mm. And the journey around discovering the why actually happened fairly quickly because like you, I tried to do it without attaching to the why. I did it just because there was some sort of narrative out there, perhaps at the time, maybe it's still, I don't know if it's still a thing, but getting to a 5K month or getting into a 10K month meant something. It meant that you were doing good in business. So I was like, I want the 10K month. I want the 10K month. And I had no reason to receive this 10K month except just to tick a box. And it was a very mental, egotistic box that I wanted to tick. And I did get there. I got there actually quite fast, but I was so exhausted and uninspired and frustrated and just angry because I let everything else go. Everything else that actually was my support and life system. And I was like, I don't want to do it that way anymore. If that's what it means to have 10K months, I don't even want to know what it means to get to 100K months and how much more of my soul dies getting that way. And I still remember journaling is is my therapist. So I do it every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And not for ages like the guys. Sometimes it's just writing one line. I do want to stress that. It doesn't have to be like an hour's an hour practice or anything like that. And I just wrote down this one line. It gets to be different. And then I was like, okay, it gets to be different. It gets to be different. And somewhere in my subconscious, you know, I was calling in these six figure months. I was still at 10 K months, but one day I'm going to get to six figure months because it's an experience and it's going to feel great. I'm going to be able to do a lot of cool stuff in my life. And this is where the why started to come through. The desire started to become clearer. And I was thinking to myself, I was doing a lot of future selfing and writing to my future self and doing meditations and meeting my future self. And I saw her, she was walking along the beach. She felt so in balance. She was looking after her family. She retired her husband. She retired her mom and dad. She gave her children so much. She got to experience the world. She got to have material things. She was doing it in a way that was like a graceful queen that was generous in every way possible and doing good things with money. And even just as I'm saying this now, it just sends goosebumps up and down because that future self that I was so excited to meet back in 2018 is the version of me now. And that to me is how I really write a why or how I connect to the feeling of my why. I got goosebumps as you said that. I don't know if you saw, but I proper shivered. And I just feel like you've just put it into such beautiful words. And I think one thing that really hit home for me was when you said like how much more of my soul has to die. And I resonate with that so deeply because I feel like I was doing that a lot in my business for the exact same reasons as you, where it's like, this is the money goal. This is what I'm working towards. And this will mean I've ticked a level of success and really feeling like 
all the other elements of my life got pushed to the side, you know, looking after my health, looking after my relationship, having other hobbies and other interests outside of the attainment of the money goal. And I think the fact that you just articulate that so well around really, I love the practices that you went through and the level of description that you have. Like, I felt like I was with future you on the beach walking. Like I could see, you know, Mike living a life of luxury, retired and like, you know, everything. Like I felt it because I just feel like I can feel your energy as you were describing that it's as though it was real. And I think that that is just the most powerful tool, you know, to really feel into it and to see it as being done. And then to know that that is your reason, that is your why it's not, a, it no longer becomes about the money or feeling like the figure itself determines anything about you. It's like you said, and what I love was it's about that experience that you are creating through money and realizing that money in and of itself is, it's nothing, it's energy. It's not a thing. It's about what does that money allow you to do in your life? And one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is, do you feel like you had to do inner work around what you granted yourself permission to claim? Did you ever feel resistance around you know, all of what you've been able to manifest or what you're now manifesting, did you feel at any time a sense of, you know, a lack of worthiness or like, can I really give myself permission to claim that? Did that ever come up for you? Oh, yes. Like a thousand percent. Yes. And the worthiness part was it resonated and it manifested in terms of the way that I was charging and pricing in my business. That was a big, big, big transition for me because I had this story in my mind that if I was pricing lower, I would impact more people. I would help more people. And the higher I priced my programs, the more I was segregating people and leaving them out of the equation. And so for a long time, I found it hard to raise my prices and to create this sense of feeling safe in the ascension of pricing higher and calling in higher level clients. But then once the money started to come in, it also manifested in the form of not being able to look at my accounts Mm -hmm. because I was afraid that if I looked at it, it would disappear. Or if I brought attention to it, it would dwindle away somehow. And this came from a lot of my past, my origin story around money. Every time my family received a sum of money, it seemed to have disappeared. And it was just this up, down, up, down relationship with it. So certainly a lot of inner work had to be done there. And I wanted and desired to move through this feeling because I knew that money was my ally. I knew that money was here to be a friend and that we were going to do good things together, but I couldn't look money in the eye. And what sort of friendship is that? I couldn't bring money into the spotlight with me for the fear that it would run away. But in fact, it was me actually pushing it away and keeping it small and providing a lid for it, not allowing it to actually see the light of day and to breathe and to connect with my body of work. So the more I started to do this kind of work, whether it be in mostly the thing that shifted the most for me was a lot of subconscious work. So um, doing a lot of hypnotherapy around it, unlocking abundance, all of that started to really integrate into my day-to-day. I still remember 
Can I share a hypnotherapy? Please. With you? So real yes. quick. I still remember. And hypnotherapy is very gentle, you guys. It is not scary. I actually thought for a minute it's going to be like, I'm going to be clucking around like a chook in the room. Like, you know, the very, <laughs> like, you know, um, material way that we see things or the way that TV has, has yeah. sort of created it. But it was so gentle. I was lying down. I was on my bed and my beautiful hypnotherapist took me through a visualization through the subconscious mind. And I still remember so vividly an image and I was on a yacht and I dived off the back of the yacht. It was so gorgeous, like Santorini, like beautiful seas and water. And the water, as I went in, it was lit up green with emeralds, like emerald crystals below lighting up the water. And it was green as for abundance. It was just so beautiful. And I swam to the nearest island. And as I emerged from the island, like Halle Berry from the Bond movie, it was like, oh. <laughs> Um, my skin was glittering gold and I looked up and the palm trees, you know, those ones that kind of fall over the water, but they're leaning into the water, the palm trees, as I came closer to them, they were made out of money. Like the leaves were money. And I still remember coming out of that whole experience feeling so abundant because that was what was in my subconscious mind. And I named my journal entry, emerald seas and money trees. And that was just it. That was my, I was sealing that into my current reality. Wow. Wow. Emerald seas and money trees. How amazing. And I just, I love that you are someone that leans so beautifully on so many different tools, you know, your hypnotherapy, you do natal chart readings, you do, you know, so much about your past lives, like honestly, just so phenomenal. I didn't even think that I was going to start speaking about this. I had a completely other question. lined up, but here we go. Always in the flow. But, you know, obviously I've mentioned some of the tools and you've gone over hypnotherapy, but in terms of bringing in those tools, like how do you integrate them? I suppose, like what are some of the most powerful tools you've been able to lean on as you've continued to up level and how do you integrate that into the way that you do business? Oh my gosh. Love this question. I literally called my business rituals and business for this reason. But I'll give a couple of examples. So in the last 12 months, I've been leaning further into my tarot practice. So not not particularly to become a tarot reader, but doing it for me and my business to seek guidance and confirmation. And I have just loved it. So I do a weekend, every Saturday or Sunday, I'll do a weekend pool and I'll, you know, get my sage out, candles lit, and I'll ask the question. So what's ahead for me for the week ahead? What do I need to do? And I do a nine card spread. And then from there, I write and write and write in my journal. So on the Sundays, I usually do a really beautiful deep dive, like journaling, interpretation, channeling of what the cards are sharing with me. And if you go back and have a look at any of my journal entries from that particular ritual, it's always in a green pen. Green color therapy is a big one for me, but green always represents money flow. The way that I write that journal entry is not the way that I would usually write 
it's a direct channel from my guides. It's so obvious because even the way that I write is a message to me. So it's something like Ruby, this month is going to be filled with incredible opportunities. Like I wouldn't write to myself like that usually, but it just comes out in that flow. So tarot is one of them. Um, Crystals I love always around me. And I really infuse them with what it's here to help me with. Or if I have a pretty heavy coaching session, a lot of my clients do go through really heavy shit during the time that we work together. That is transformational coaching. They're seeing the end of a cycle, the beginning of a new, and then the abundance just flows through. But I might have like my tourmaline nearby or something that I can vector a lot of that energy into. Tourmaline is fantastic for that, where it vectors it in, it changes it up, and then it creates light energy. And that's been one of the big things around, I get asked a lot, like, how do you stay so positive and so filled with energies because I know how to manage energetics in business. I know now what works well to fill up my cup. I understand what depletes. I understand what, you know, re-energizes me. There's so many beautiful things about energetics in business. And of course, my inner practice around not just hypnotherapy, but deep meditation where I'm going into a certain state in my mind and I'm able to travel to areas in which feel uncomfortable or I'm able to get to a place where I know there's a block and I do the work in there. I feel my mirror neurons shining back things back at me around like this is why and where the belief stemmed from. And I might be doing that after my vinyasa practice and at home yoga. And I'll just, you know, be in that beautiful state at the end of the practice and do a lot of this work. So I do come out very transformed. My mind feels fresh and new and it enables me to get so much clarity and channeling with the programs that I deliver, what I'm pricing it at, what to say to certain clients. And it's all very spiritual. Like I am simply a channel for this body of work. The more that I am in my business every day, the more I am really melting into a place where I'm just a voice. I am just a body. I am someone who has accepted this business. I'm the guardian of it. And not a lot of it comes from the thinking and the brain work anymore. A lot of it comes from spiritual and soul guidance. Mm, So beautiful. And as you said, like the energetics side of things, you know, like I said, you embody that so beautifully. How do you then sort of, I guess, calibrate the energetic side of things with still integrating the strategy in terms of scaling your business. I know that, you know, when we started speaking, you were talking about, you know, you were doing LinkedIn and you had the ads team and you were doing all the funnels and everything like that. And it seemed like you were quote unquote doing all the right things, yet it seems like there was so much more resistance back then. Whereas now it seems so much more in flow. And obviously you've been able to scale up to six figure months, six figure days, six figure launches, What does that look like for you in terms of honoring both sides of business? Oh my gosh. Yes. So to close off the loop with the LinkedIn chapter, that LinkedIn course and the LinkedIn business, I'll say actually was a a six figure funnel of income for my business. And I was told by one of my guides that we have to close off that side of your business. It's, it's done. And I went in there kicking and screaming, like, are you kidding me? I hung onto it for another four months after the message came through. And I finally just did it. I closed it off. I told all of my clients, you get to keep the course, but I'm no longer speaking about this. Turned down all of my speaking gigs 
and shut off the funnel, told my ads team, we're not running that anymore. We're switching directions. And I just remember how great that felt. So this is part of the integration. The guidance came through. It took me four months to implement it. I did it. Nowadays, I do it a lot faster because there's always that level of doubt. Is this right? Like, am I, was that actually supposed to be, was that, was that just my ego? Whatever the case is, shut that down, turned my business towards more spiritual business coaching and intuitive business coaching. And it was almost immediate within the next month. Not only did that six figure funnel open up elsewhere in my business, but even more started to flow through and it started to feel so good in that sense. The other thing that often I find in practice is when I'm doing my tarot reads or I'm just channeling and opening and listening, I will tend to write full-blown courses and offers. It just comes out in that way. And because I am a manifesting generator, it comes out very quickly. So I might be journaling at 10 a.m. and by 12 noon, the whole offer is out there, cart is open, no sales page, nothing done, nothing built in the portal. And I basically say the doors are open to work with me. And now my clients know my body of work that they just buy it with nothing. I did the queen of coin launch, a pre-sale launch, and I had nothing built except one Canva image, which was the actual document that I created. And just talking about it's a money course and I'm going to teach you about abundance. It ended up becoming a 70K pre-launch. Nothing else built, nothing. Like no comms zero. And I just think to myself, how is that possible? Like the, the very human side of me kind of goes like, what just happened? Like what, how is it that I was paid for something that doesn't yet exist? That's energetics in business. That's Mm -hmm. listening to guidance. That's surrendering to the universe. That's knowing that you're safe to do this. And there was a time where I was like, Oh, checklist, Emails have to be written, sales page up, hire a copywriter, hire a graphic designer, get the ads up, da 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 da. This is the timing, three days apart, I'm going to send this. And this is, it's just like, nah. Like, I love strategy, but sometimes and most times now, the flow trumps the strategy. And then the strategy follows the flow. So it really was a rearrangement for me and the way that I do business. Oh, I love that so much. I feel like that is just. You know, it's so permission giving again to those who maybe feel like, you know, checking the boxes, doing it the way that everyone says they should, and that's not feeling good. You get to define how you want to do it. I feel like that comes back to your journal entry of it gets to be different. And you truly embodied that and set that up in your business. And then, like you said, you allow the flow to come through. And then you really, like we talked about, I think in your podcast, the aligned action, you know, you just take action on it as a money gen. It's just like, okay, here it is. Let's go. And then you allow that beautiful money flow to come through and you serve people without creating resistance by feeling like you have to do it the way that everyone else says that you should. And I just absolutely love that. Um, I've got two more questions for you. The first one is obviously you're so good at scripting out your reality and knowing what you're calling in. I would love to know like what's on the horizon for Ruby Lee. What are you working towards? What's currently being scripted to life in your journals? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I am a huge believer of collapsing time and quantum leaping. So none of this makes sense in my mind, but it never has. Anytime I call in the next level, it never has. As you all know now, I will hold a desire up in my mind, whether it be monetary or material. 
And in this case, it's sort of both. So in my mind, I'm like, I'd love to have the life experience of having a million dollar launch. That's in my journals at the moment. Most of my pages is around that. I am opening up a space where through this experience, I empower other women to see what's possible. And because I am in the spiritual intuitive coaching space, there's a further message in there that spiritual women can be wealthy AF and do it in a way that feels so flowy and so connected to the divine and so connected to source. And yeah, I guess from that place is seeing the brand expand out beyond my wildest and, you know, having multiple homes all around the world where I can host in-person retreats. It makes no sense whatsoever in this world climate, right? Like we could easily dampen that dream and say, that's not going to be possible. That's not happening. Blah, 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 blah. Lots of people are already doing what you do. There's a billion business coaches out there, but that is the work where you get to just lovingly say, thank you, brain, but I choose not to believe that's my reality. And you step further and further into that faith and that belief. So there's a lot of that going on in terms of my readjustment to my new wealth level, a readjustment around the way that I do business. And I'm also choosing to do it in even more flow. You'll know from our mastermind boxes and things like that, I'm constantly in awe of the less work I do, the more I earn. I'm always like, I don't understand what happened, ladies, but I've just had X amount of dollars made this month and I've not even really showed up on socials or I've not launched a single thing and this money just keeps flowing through, flowing through, flowing through. So I'm desiring to do, be at this level of energetics, but call in the million dollar launch and just have fun. I want to experience that. Like the feeling behind it is not like I need a million dollars. It's how fucking fun will that be? What a wild ride. How cool to say that I got to experience that. And just like for some of us, it might not be the million dollar launch experience, but it could just be, I want to go bungee jumping. It's the same feeling. It's like, I want that life experience. Cause I think it would be freaking cool. Oh my gosh. And I can even just feel it. Like I can feel your energy and I hundred and I feel it too. I know yeah. it's done. Like, okay, yeah, cool. Same. I'll be talking to you about that in Voxer very soon. Yes, <laughs> we'll be <stuff>. celebrating. <laughs> and might I add no, no strategy, no clue. Don't know which platform, what, what portal that's going to come through, what course that's going to be, but I just, it's done. It's done. Yeah. Gets to be easy. Gets to be beautiful. Gets to be flowy. Okay, last question. And this is how I love to wrap up my interviews and you'll be so good at this. If there is a message that is coming through that's being channeled through you right now that you feel called to share with our listeners, what would it be? Surrender to the flow. Mm. Surrender to the flow. And this is going to be very, very interesting, I think, for your listeners because they've followed your journey as well. And they've seen you surrender to the flow. And you guys have to come over and listen to Taylor's interview on my podcast where we talk about Tay's story and the rebirth and sometimes the fighting of that flow and now just fully being in surrender to it and one with it. It's such an inspirational story. I know you talk about it on your podcast, but you know, it's different when others interview. Oh, yeah. So different. Yeah. Oh gosh. But yes, I really had to lean into that. And that was just very clear. surrender to the flow, which also means let's just call up some things right now that's sitting in your body that feels uncomfortable. And where is it feeling uncomfortable? Where is that trigger coming from? Where is that feeling of 
you know, just feeling tight in your chest. I'm feeling some of you are going, yes, I need to hear this right now. Breathing that out and asking very clearly where in your business can you surrender more into that flow? You, you would have seen Taylor do things very differently. You see me do things very differently. Where can you now choose to do things differently and more in alignment to the way that you decide to live your life? Mm, what a beautiful way to finish. Thank you for channeling that for us. I adore you as I've gone on and on through this interview. You are honestly just one of my favorite people and absolute soul sister. I'm so blessed to know you and I'm so grateful that you have shared this light and your entire journey and the transformation and being able to bring you back on the podcast and this whole other embodiment of energy is just so powerful. So Thank you so much. And for those that want to, because I know there'll be so many, want to connect with you, please tell them where they can do that. So two key places, you're already listening to the podcast. So come on over to Rituals to Seven and uh, we might leave a link in the show notes because it is spelt quite uniquely. And also find me over on Instagram. I'm there every day, like Tay, we're doing stories, documenting the day. My Insta handle is at underscore Ruby Lee underscore and I answer all of my DMs personally, so feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear what you received from the episode today. Yes, please go send Rubes a DM and also please share with us, take a screenshot, share the episode, tell us your biggest takeaways. I I know that you will have listened to this for a reason and that the universe will have 100% brought you here in divine timing. So, so grateful to have been able to show up and to serve you today. And again, Ruby, beautiful soul, thank you so much for being here. Love you. Thanks so much for listening, beauty. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. For more resources to support your expansion as you manifest your desires, make sure you check out my website at www.taylorray.com.au. I'm sending you all the love and I'll see you back here soon.